0: And I'm Catty and
1: this is Books, Cats and Snacks. Shout out time. Shout Shout out out edition.
0: Hi everybody. We just want to say that we are still recording separately. Mm Catty at her house. I'm at my house. This is Mm -hmm. so weird because (laughs) I still have COVID and it's been really nutty, really crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's weird to miss a whole week of work also. It's kind of odd. But welcome to our shout out where we each pick two books that we want to highlight. We didn't necessarily read them yet, but we really, really want to talk about them. It's been mm-hmm. on our radar for a little bit. Yep. Kat, do you want to start with your first book?
1: Sure. My first book is The Messy Lives of Book People. Oh. <laughs> by, yeah, by Phaedra Patrick. I want to say like you... You told me about this for some weird reason. I think you I might have. have. Who knows? Yeah. So The Bestie Lives of Book People was published in May, May 31st of 2022. So just last year. Has a page count of 352. So Liv Green is a mother of two and wishes she could be someone else. She spends her life as a housekeeper struggling to make ends meet. Her love lies in books where she dreams of being a writer. She wants to be a writer. That that's like her her kind of like her. They dream her ultimate goal. She uh, lands a dream job as the housekeeper of a super famous author, Essie Starling. It's very like kind of textbook like they don't get along, but then they form like this grand friendship together because they understand each other's woes, kind of thing. And as their friendship begins, sadly, Essie passes. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. So, so this her is last... not
0: like a this is not like a thriller or anything. This is more no, like no. A, no, no. A this a is contemporary... like a Fiction. Yeah, gotcha.
1: Yeah, yeah, and her last wish is for Liv to finish her last novel. So uh, Liv goes on a journey to make her dream come true and finds and finds secrets along the way. So that's where it gets kind of interesting—is what secrets are there, mm. and just seeing Liv's progression as she suddenly starts to realize her her dream and her potential. I haven't read it yet, but it just feels like, you know, one of those feel good, like kind of contemporary books, like you said, but I like how your brain immediately goes to thriller. You immediately <laughs> think that this poor housekeeper is going to get charged with the murder. She's going to go on trial. <laughs> Something. Perry Mason is going to come save this, this housekeeper. <laughs> I swear woman, but I thought the same thing too.
0: It started a little, okay. Not, not that much alike, but it starts a little bit kind of like Verity by. Yeah. Hoover.
1: yeah. Maybe you that's know. what I'm thinking. Maybe and that's thinking why my mind
0: stole. went that way. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking maybe because you talked about Verity, that's what kind of like rang true in this, in my brain. I think that's what it was. I don't know if you told me necessarily, but I was like, I remember you talking about something similar to this.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, so, I'm sure Verity is similar to a lot of other books as well. So, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of yeah. goes
0: in that same line of thought, I guess. Yeah,
1: just different outcomes, I guess. But yes, that was The Messy Lives of Book People by Phaedra Patrick.
0: Nice. Did you hear the controversy about Colleen Hoover lately? No. I'm not sure if you heard. I don't know any of her books, but one Right, mm-hmm. very, which that's the one I read. I really enjoyed it. But it just wasn't my cup of tea in a way that the, the style of writing. There's a million other books that, that I want to get my hands on ahead of that, but which is fine. But apparently there's a book that she either published just recently or I'm, I'm not sure, but it has a lot to do with domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. But then her publisher came out with a coloring book that's based on that storyline, and a lot of people are like, seriously, you came out, you decided to do a coloring book that is focusing on an abusive relationship, and a lot of people thought that was in poor taste. Which I also thought that. Your reaction, also, uh, was along that line. Yeah, after a lot of people posting about it and uh-huh. telling their opinions about it, I think she did a post or something. I don't know where, when, who, mm-hmm. whatever. But she wrote like, hey, I realized that it was in poor taste and we're, you know, we're not going to continue with this. And I honestly felt like it was like blamed on the publisher that decided to do it. I, I don't I don't know. Please don't quote mm-hmm. me on that. Mm-hmm. But I was also like, but you you kind of okayed it though, you. Yeah. You know, I'm not obviously a published author or anything, so I don't know the how much you have in being able to say yes or no on things mm-hmm. with your name on it. But I feel yeah. like she's huge enough to where she's able to have a lot of creative control. Mm-hmm. So, and she was like, I realized it was in poor taste, so let's not do this. And I was kind of like, but you okayed it initially though. But anyway, mm-hmm. so that, that was the controversy that happened a little bit and it got swept under the rug. Yeah. <laughs> so but
1: anyway, I know I was going to say, cause she's huge. She's all over all her books. Like, People worship this woman.
0: Good yeah. Lord. I mean, and I'm just like, yeah, I thought, to do that? Damn. I thought it was really, really like, all right. I know you're very popular. I know you're making lots of money. Like how mm-hmm. much more are you going to milk this whole thing to do a coloring book? And us talking about it, I'm sure some people aren't happy about us talking about it, but I it, mean, it, it was part about. of the news in the yeah. book world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so anyway,
1: I mean, it's going to get conversation started. You know, like you said, is it how much authors have creative control over their material, or yeah. how much say so they have? Ultimately, we don't know how much say so she had. It was in poor taste. It should have never been done. Was it it Was her who okay, or the publisher that did it? on um, either way, something needs to be done. Someone needs to step up and make it a point that this is not okay. Someone, need, yeah, they need to take responsibility for it. whether it was her, the publisher together. They both need to. Accept yeah. this and kind
0: of go with it. It's just interesting. It got to where it got published. So not at one point from the beginning of it that not mm-hmm. one person was like, mm, "This is a this is not a good thing." Maybe yeah. somebody did, and mm-hmm. you know, and they're governed by wanting to make buku yeah. money. So yeah. unfortunately, that's mm-hmm. just what happens. But maybe it was
1: like a, maybe it was like a poor like intern or assistant. I was
0: like, "Hey <laughs> guys, guys, hey hey."
1: This is this. So- the same. This ain't right. They're like, you know, you've only been here for two weeks. You hush it. We know what we're doing. Right?
0: Look how much we made money of her already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so let's get on with our book shout shoutouts. Okay. So my first book that I want to highlight is called "Those Across the River" by Christopher Bowman. It was actually published in 2011, oh, nice. um, September 6, 2011. So this is an older book. Um, he has several other books too that's even newer than this. But this one I thought was really interesting. It's 357 pages. So it's about this couple. His name is Frank Nichols, and there's his wife, Eudora, which I thought that's such a cool name, Eudora. So he's a failed academic, and he's trying to kind of write a book. He's trying to become successful at something in the literary world. Then he moves his family to this small Georgia town that he grew up in. It's called Whitbrow his family has this estate it's called Savoyard or Savoyard I don't know how to pronounce it plantation and the horrors occur there so he's trying to write like a book based on the history of this plantation Caddy, why are you shaking your head Caddy?
1: You already know there was a key word in there and I'm
0: like "Mm, mm." the horror part
1: (laughs) the horror part of it there was another word in there I'm like
0: What do you mean? Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. so apparently in this plantation and the townspeople that know of the stories behind this plantation, like there's like generations after generations in this small town that knows about this. And, you know, there's like a presence in this plantation. So it's like ghost related. And uh, so I'm going to read a little bit about this part of the town itself. There's an unspoken dread that the townsfolk have lived with for generations. A presence that demands sacrifice. It comes from the shadowy woods across the river, where the ruins of Savoyard still stand, where a long standing debt of blood has never been forgotten, a debt that has been waiting patiently for Frank Nichols' homecoming. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so good. It sounds so interesting. I know it's not Halloween. But I love reading about like family history, especially generational family history, because there's always like that one like older person in town that just knows everything, but yet.
1: And they're they're always in a rocking chair, like out on the porch.
0: (laughs) And they always want to warn the new people, but they don't really say much. And sometimes I'm like, just tell me everything. Don't just say words like, beware. (laughs) Yeah,
1: they're like, hey, the apple pie gets cold. (laughs)
0: and you're just like and you're like what what do you mean let me keep keep, let me keep going with this
1: do you have some pie (laughs) because i'm hungry (laughs) i just walked like two
0: miles from my my colonial
1: like thing oh i could take some yeah it's always something like that like
0: but the author christopher bowman like i said he has several like a lot actually of these types of books and he's been Mm -hmm. He's written in, like, horror magazines and things like that. So I've mm-hmm. I've really, I'm really excited to have mm-hmm. been introduced to a new horror author like this. So. Yeah. So that's Those Across the River by Christopher Bowman. Your turn,
1: Caddy. All right. My book number two is completely different than of Six. All right. Is this another, like, contemporary heartwarming? Caddy felt in a heartwarming mood this week.
0: Oh, that's I good. just I
1: felt heartwarming. There's probably this fire that's brewing behind <laughs> us in this, uh, in the zoom
0: call <laughs> we're doing a zoom call and our scenery is fireside, fireside so more it's all and cozy yeah nice <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: so uh my second book is come again by robert webb
0: oh okay
1: it was published july 14th of 2020 and it's 304 pages so it starts off with kate is distraught when her husband of 28 years suddenly passes away nah yeah her life begins to unravel as she loses friends and jobs she goes to sleep one morning she wakes up and she wakes up to 1992 and it's like the first year of her freshman year of college
0: oh like, wow okay
1: suddenly she, like, she wakes up back in time it's kind of got a whimsy kind of feel to it it's
0: right. similar to the other book that you talked about uh-huh. the one what is it i already forgot the last time your last shout out yeah, This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub.
1: Yeah, this is the one where she goes back and talks about her dad.
0: Yeah, so this one, yeah. she goes back in time with, what is with you on time travel with all this, cuddy I, hmm.
1: I I think because I, I looked at that book, this, this one came up on Goodreads, that book gotcha. like, she may like. Yeah, so it's kind of in that same genre. So I like this going back and changing the past and seeing if it truly affects your future. I like that that type of thinking. Like in five years, kind of had that. Remember when she went into the future? Yeah, yeah, with the guy. I, I, I like that. Back to what I was saying. Uh, it was her first week of college, and coincidentally, that's the day she meets her late husband Luke. They actually met their oh. first day of freshman year in college. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she realizes that she has the chance now that she can relive to save his his fate, or does she want to change it after all? So it's truly one of those, yeah, like, does she want to just save him from what happens? But that also could mean changing the course of the beautiful life they had together. So ultimately, she's going to have to make that decision. It's
0: almost like a sacrifice
1: kind of right? yes sacrifice yes but not like human with blood okay <laughs> like an emotional sacrifice
0: oh okay <laughs> <laughs> you're like well, well,
1: okay. so one more time it was come again by robert webb and that was my second
0: book okay so the second book that i picked is the opposite usually yes but it's not it's not crazy it's not a horror this time something well okay, i don't know yet. Let's, it's let's a thriller guys it's a maybe. thriller um, I'm thinking that you're going to like this one, actually, I'll mainly look. because it's set in the in the 90s, um, oh, okay. New, New York City, Manhattan's East Village, 1993. Ooh. So and it's about the music scene between oh, the, nice. the early 90s. Yeah. okay. So the book is called No One Left to Come Looking for You by Sam Lipsight. So this was published just recently, December 6th, 2022. It's a short book. It's 224 pages. So it's like a comic mystery thriller type. A little thriller. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of thriller.
0: <laughs> like I said, it's set around the music scene of the early 90s, New York City. So there's like dive bars, music mm-hmm. venues, and it says here shady weirdos and there's a lot of hard drugs. Yeah. Also yeah. the crime is high and the rent is low. So a lot of really interesting characters I can imagine in this book.
1: I'm already, I'm already singing right in my head.
0: <laughs> yeah. So think along that line, I guess. Yeah, okay. So one of the characters his name is Jack. He's a New Jersey rock musician. They're about to have like a big gig, a big uh, show. Okay. But then the lead singer goes missing. But along with his bass, uh, Jack's bass, like his... Oh, his
1: livelihood. Instrument, right.
0: So Jack kind of goes in search for his friend, the lead singer, and comes... And throughout that, throughout him doing his research or whatever, talking to different people, he Uh encounters a lot of different characters throughout the book yeah. even though it's about the crime it's more about like the scenario of new york city early 90s it's about the different characters that jack comes upon especially this like tough talking cop who who thinks he's kind of a cool guy in a homicide squad and and he meets this novelist who's it says a post-war novelist and i i I think it's really character driven, it's really scenario driven and it just seems kind of fun to read about actually.
1: It does. I I take that. I take
0: it a lot. Yeah. This book was given a 2022 New York Public Library Best Adult Book. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But there's a lot of humor in it. There's a lot of dark humor apparently. And I just I'm really interested to see what comes about with this book. Anyway, it's called No One Left to Come Looking for You by Sam Lipsight. Yeah, so it's a little different. A little yeah. kind of different than no what I used to get. Yeah, yeah, a little bit.
1: It sounds more like my book, actually. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a, I'm looking for it. It's a 1983 movie called Eddie and the Cruisers. And it's no, about this that. band whose lead. Yeah, it's this band's lead singer who went missing. And I'm oh. um, just trying to, re- like trying to find out like they were at 60s, like, you know, like a 60s kind of Beach Boy situation. And their singer went missing, and he, they, they heard that he still may be alive. So they're trying to find him like 20 years later. It's really neat. They say he never died, one dark night. Uh huh. 20 years after he disappeared, Singer, now they're, they're, they're like, their music is making like headway again. It's coming back yeah. to fruition in this movie. And they're saying, "What if Eddie's still alive? The circumstances surrounding his death are just shadowy enough to make it a distinct possibility." And someone could be Eddie. And someone has been ransacking homes of the surviving band members in a desperate search for tapes of the group's visionary, never released album. But as she like starts to investigate more and more, starts to come about like what happened. That and so I was like, "I've heard of this. It sounds really familiar." And it kind of kind of goes on the this movie. Yeah. Actually, I like the scenery of this one. Yeah. So I was like, "Huh." But this movie is like twenty years later. It's a bunch of dudes, you know. It's not just like it's like kind of fly by the seat of the pants. You know how you know how the, there's those movies that everything happens in one day or like yeah. one hour. So this is very reminiscent of that. Like it's just kind of like a
0: like, like a, I can what see happened? it. Yeah,
1: I could see it filming like it's just a never ending case. There's no flashbacks. There's no like oh, cutting I see, yeah. to other things. It's just a like a, just a full on just following this guy around all day, and I think that would be great if they ever do decide to pick it up. Nice. Yeah, I saw a movie like that not too long ago, and it was actually really good where it was just like a nonstop shot kind of documentary style. Oh, nice.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, well, thank you for stopping by to listen to our little choices of book shout-outs. We are still currently reading our classic The Picture of Doran Gray by Oscar Wilde, and hopefully... Next time we record, we get to see each other. (laughs) Okay, we'll see you guys next week with our midway check-in. See you later. Bye. Bye! Bye!